Welcome to the Young Businessmen of Tulsa podcast. I'm your host, Evan Uitake, and I'm so excited that you've tuned in. Our mission is focused on connecting, developing, and inspiring young business leaders to find and pursue their purpose. This podcast is sponsored by Trost Marketing. Promoting your business through marketing is essential for growth. Without marketing, you lack the ability to create a conversation with your potential customers. At Trost Marketing, we provide marketing solutions that fuel growth. We are your source for all of your printing needs, as well as branded apparel and promotional items. If your business wants to stand out to potential customers, contact the marketing experts at Trost Marketing. Visit us at trostmarketing.com or call us at 866-492-7820. Young businessmen, welcome to the Young Businessmen of Tulsa podcast. I'm your host, Evan Uitaki, and today we are on episode number 33. So we uh, continue to roll on with the podcast. I appreciate you guys tuning in, and hopefully you guys are enjoying the content that we're putting out there. Uh, today we have another exciting guest, and I know I say that a lot, but I'm always excited to bring uh, kind of new and different people to the group. You know, this podcast is an opportunity for for us to share our stories, for us to share uh, things that we've learned, and hopefully with the intent to uh, help other people. And so I'm really excited to bring Amber Day onto the podcast. Amber is a leadership coach. She's the group director at the City Church in Tulsa and the creator of the Oh Hey, It's Me, Amber uh, YouTube vlog, where she shares an inside look at her daily life in a real and humorous way. So first and foremost, Amber, thank you for coming on the podcast and i um, excited to hear your story. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to share. I think, uh, although I might not be a, a businessman per se, I think, you know, there's a lot that maybe you guys can learn from a lady out there doing it as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> well, keep in mind. So I know, and I, I say this a lot, just because it's the Young Business Men of Tulsa podcast does not necessarily mean that uh, only men listen to this. You know, we have a, a wide array of people that listen in and, and tune in. But uh, one of the reasons that you're on the podcast was, you know, in the first probably 25 episodes, we really only had had men and it wasn't by any you know, bias or anything like that. It just, that's kind of how it worked out. And uh, I had to get intentional with reaching out to, you know, women that are either entrepreneurs or successful or, or, or had a story that uh, would be a great story to share with our audience. And so uh, one of our past guests, uh, Scott, uh, recommended that you be on the podcast because of all the things that you're doing. So if you don't mind, tell everybody a little bit about the vlog. I know that's a real exciting thing for you. Uh, I've been tuning in for um, the last couple of weeks, so I've been enjoyed uh, your kind of take on things. But if you don't mind, give a little history on that and uh, uh, what your goal with it is. Sure, sure. So um, honestly, I kind of got to a place where I was a little bit stagnant. I have a very entrepreneurial, but I was spending a lot of my time in my day job, which is um, as the group director at City Church in Tulsa. And so um, I was just getting a little bit antsy. And I'm like, man, I, I really wish I had a new skill, something I could market, just a new challenge. And so for me, uh, the thought was, as because I'm always looking to increase leadership, influence, presence, online digital presence, things like that. And so I'm like, you know what? Let's learn video. I'm going to learn some editing. I'm going to get a camera. And I'm kind of an all or nothing kind of gal. So I researched cameras. And that day I bought video editing software. I bought my first um, video camera and I just did it. Uh, but I will say I actually filmed the first material on December 30th of last year and didn't release it until mid-February, just coming up against those creative, you know, fears of uh, when you're a creative, you want to produce things that are perfect. So you just really want things to be perfect. It's very vulnerable to put your material out there. And so given that two and a half month span between when I first filmed or recorded my first material before I edited it and put it out there, I'm like, you know what? 
I'm just going to put a little spin on this and just own the fact that I have no idea what I'm doing. I know there's a ton of people out there looking how to make a vlog and all of this stuff. And so I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to incorporate that in and just call it what it is. I'm new. I'm never going to be as good as these people who have been doing it for years that I'm trying to watch and learn from. So you just have to allow yourself to be a beginner and, and put that out there. Just be vulnerable. Um, and man, from day one, just had people like, this is really great. I didn't know you did video editing. And I'm like, if you could only see the behind the scenes, I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm cursing at my computer. It's crashing every three minutes because I don't realize I've got the wrong you know, download speed. I still don't have any idea what I'm talking about. So you just have to get out there and do it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I love, first of all, that how quickly you took action, because I think a lot of times people will kind of think about it and, and try to bounce the idea off people and really try to talk themselves into it. I know for me creating this podcast, uh, it, I, I'm, I'm ashamed to say it, it was about from when I said I wanted to do it to where I actually rolled it out was probably four to five month time period. And it was like, man, yeah. I'd like to do that. And then I kind of stewed on it for a little bit. And then I was like, oh, I'm going to look, I'm going to watch these videos about how to create a podcast. And then I was like, oh man, now I got to get a microphone. And, and it was just slower um, than probably I should have. But ultimately I'm kind of kicking myself because I would have like, now that I've gotten and done it, I would have liked to have done it sooner because instead of being on episode 33, I could have been on episode, who knows, 63. I mean, or 66. It could have been, you know, that much further down the line. But one of the points that you talked on that, that I really want to try to develop a little bit further is kind of owning the fact that it's not going to be perfect the first time. And and I know how you talk about being a creative. That's definitely something that you want to do. I've heard the quote, take imperfect action. I think it was the guy who created LinkedIn that talked about that and says, you know, whatever you put out there is never going to be truly perfect. But if you take the time to actually put yourself out there and own it like you're talking about, then that's really one of the quickest ways to gain more experience. Yeah, I really love that. Um, I, somebody it's along those same lines said, you know, um, 90% perfect action is better than zero action at all, you know? And so it's yeah. like, you just, you have to take that step. And so I remember, um, I didn't see myself as a creative for a long time. And I think it's that vulnerability of, um, letting people into the process that kept me from seeing myself that way. I was always behind the scenes, you know, with music or kind of some artistic pursuits. And I'm like, well, nobody would ever buy this. So I'm not a creative, you know? And I, I never thought of even digital uh, media and video editing and things like that could be, um, could be pulled into that. And so it's, it's just really interesting whenever you, you find yourself as a creative, if you're not dissatisfied with your work, then you're never going to be inspired to create more. And so you're always living with that tension of what I have right now isn't perfect. I want it to be better. And that's what's causing my motivation to create more, but I've got to release what I have. And, and there's, there's something to be said about this whole idea. And I know we're all beating this dead horse, but rarely anybody's living it out. Like we all say, oh, we're comparing everybody else's highlight reels to our behind the scenes because social media is just, you know, everybody putting this perfect image up. And so uh, it's it's really important, I think, to let people in and say, you know what, there's a process to this. And it's scary for me to put it out there. But I know who I am well enough that I'm going to make it through. Evan, if you don't love my vlog, that's okay. You know, because I'm, I'm using it to learn and to grow. And, and it's part of the process that is really necessary to to not only creativity, but really any goals that we want to achieve is embracing that process. And if you do it publicly, you can bring others along with you. People are drawn in and attracted to that, um, you know, level of authenticity. Yeah. Well, I think you'll, as you do that, you'll encourage other people to maybe step out on their own too. So you're an inspiration for them as opposed to them kind of looking at you and saying, okay, well, 
you know, Amber's doing this amazingly produced thing with awesome music and it's, you know, edited perfectly. And like, for me, it's, pro- I'm probably going to shoot this thing on my iPhone for, for most of the time. So right. uh, I would venture to say you probably practiced a little bit on your iPhone. You didn't just necessarily go out and, and pop the camera out there the first time. It, it, there was probably <laughs> some test runs out there that we haven't seen yet. Evan, I wish that were true, but it, honestly, it's not, um, <laughs> I, but it's not, it's not because, um, <laughs> I don't want to show it to you. It's truly because I am, and it's, it's a positive and negative, my personality type. I am all in yeah. and I'm usually all in for about three months until I get to my next thing that I'm all in, you know? So, um, I'm not like a research. If I'm like, man, I need a new car. I'm going to get a car that day. And so that's kind of a little bit of a, a, it allows me to take risks, which means sometimes my stuff pays off a little bit bigger. Um, but it also allows for some bigger failures because I'm just <laughs> I'm impatient at the research process, you know? <laughs> Well, I think that's I think that's awesome that you know that about yourself. And uh, one thing I do want to kind of dive in a, a little deeper on is you you talked a little bit about at first saying you know uh, trying to justify whether or not you were creative, but then as you kind of got to know yourself, and I, I really want to kind of hone in on that a little bit more because I know that you're you're a leadership coach and 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 you've kind of seen the importance of really finding out who you are, what your passions are, what you love to do, what your purpose is. And uh, you actually posted an article uh, not too long ago that talks about falling in love with your your life instead of a person. I, I really enjoyed that article and, and I'll sh- go ahead and share that in the notes of this podcast so everyone can tune into it. But if you don't mind, talk a little bit about the importance of really figuring out who you are and falling in love with that first before you bring another person into the picture. Yeah, man. And I wish I, I wish I wrote the article because honestly, it's one of those that I had to learn through 10 years of doing it the wrong way before I could, you know, agree to that article and be like, oh, yeah, that's right. And so and it's, it's just really interesting to me whenever we're in our 20s, I feel like so much, especially in the digital age and with the social media, the prevalence of social media and online presence, we are just so desirous of others' approval. And so it can be very easy to take the time to learn what you like and what you don't like. And the only way to do that is there's two things. One, you have to know your story. You don't get to say, oh, no, this didn't happen to me or this this wound doesn't hurt anymore or this is not something I'm good at, you know, all of the different things that I think we try and excuse and just kind of embracing, you know, the positives and negatives. You don't get to choose what happened to in your past, but you can obviously choose what you do with it. You need to embrace it, own it, heal from past things. Because there's a lot of um, hidden talents and desires that are shoved deep down because somebody, whenever we were five, told us that would be a trivial pursuit. And so don't chase that. And so you're like, you know what? Music will never make me money. I'm going to go into accounting. And because you've practiced accounting for so long, you realize, oh, gosh, I'm a great accountant. Well, you could be a great musician, but you gave that up, and that's your real passion. So anyway, knowing your story, that's really important. And the second thing is trying and and either succeeding or failing. And so many people sit back and, again, have somebody tell them, hey, you're great at writing, so you know what? You should write copy for this newspaper. And, and just because you're good at something doesn't mean that it's what energizes you and what um, – gosh, really, really motivates you to get out of bed in the morning. And so for me falling, I I waited through a lot of my twenties, um, without developing myself in hopes that the right person would come along that would kind of complete the other half of me and maybe validate who I was. Um, and I couldn't have articulated that to you at the time. At the time I was just like, no, I'm supposed to be a mother and a wife. And I was, gosh, I was so excited, but I was broken. And I, there were a lot of things, a lot of passions and desires in me that I was focused so much on pleasing other people that didn't show up. Um, And then you realize, at least for me, it was right around my 30s, uh, right? A very successful relationship. I mean, it was very healthy. um, And that ended very well. And I was like, man, you know what? But I came out the other side of that like, okay, I know what it is to be in a healthy relationship. But now I really know myself a lot better. If I would have gotten married, I wouldn't have had the chance to do 
a lot of these things that I've now realized are um, a passion for me. And so I would say embracing your story um, and, and allowing yourself to fail and succeed. A lot of people are scared of succeeding. You know, we talk often about fear of failure. Um, I know for me, a lot of things that have held me back, like, gosh, this is starting to get momentum. I don't know that I, I can maintain it. So I'm just going to quit, you know? And so there's this actual fear of success, which sounds silly because it's what we all say we're striving for, but knowing those things, which are very hard to know in your twenties, but if you take the time and pull away from seeking the validation in those other people and start to really develop yourself and your passions, um, I, I think that there's a, a sense of wholeness and wellness that if I could have captured that in my 20s instead of my 30s, I would be light years ahead of even where I am now. You know, the funny thing about that, though, is I knew everything in my 20s. So it's like if somebody <laughs> if somebody had come back to me and told me, hey, uh, I tell you what, you got to invest in yourself and you got to do all this other stuff. I'd be like, no, you're wrong. I'm doing it right. I'm doing it the right way. Just shut up and get out of my way. But, You're right. You know what? <laughs> this information is not new. I did not discover this. You know, this has been out there since the beginning of time. And, you know, just because I've recently started to embrace it, I'm like, this is revolutionary. Everybody listen. <laughs> people in their 40s are like, duh. And people in their 20s are like, well, but I'm actually in love. So, you know, like, yeah. it's, you know, it just, it's, I think that's why mentoring is so important. You know, whenever you have that relationship already and some of the girls that I speak to, like, they know I'm not going to lie to them. I'm not like, oh man, I wish I were married. So I'm going to make you not be married in your twenties. You know, uh, it's like, it's, there is this freedom and communication that comes whenever you already have that relationship. Instead of just reading an article you identify with, you've got somebody who you know and trust and see the lifestyle that they live out that can speak into that and say, Hey, I know you think that this is what you want right now. And it might be, I'm truly, it might be, but, but go ahead and give some weight to this other path of life of, of really stepping back from chasing pursuits and, and start chasing wholeness and wellness and health um, and developing yourself. And when those romantic pursuits come along, it's going to be so much more um, whole and healthy. Well, yeah. And when that happens, you can be your true self to that person and your relationships right. more based on uh, the real you, as opposed to the superficial you. I have, I have some friends that, uh, you know, as they've gotten married, they expected changes to happen. They expected yes. behaviors to change. And it, they had this kind of false sense of, well, if we're married, then he'll do this or she'll do that. And then the crazy thing to me is, and I, you would hear it and you just say, well, that's crazy talk. But they're like, well, maybe if we had a kid, then, then it'll change. They, they know, speculate whole, if we go to the next step, then that's when the change will happen. Yeah, no, I think you're exactly right. There's this whole theory that it's like your kid can't love you like your spouse should. So you've got to find that whole original wounding and really fix that. Get whole and healthy. Man, I mean, we're just trying to fill these wounds with new things. And it's like, you don't get to do that. We don't get to band-aid it. It's going to come back out. And you see that, like you said, in that, in that frantic, whatever the next step is, whether it's career or family or whatever it is, you know, there's always something that we're looking to fill those. Whenever you pull back from that and say, Hey, what is this that I'm I'm trying to numb that has not awakened me yet. I, that I guess it, it just, my relationships have been so much healthier and man, I, I told me. for me, I know it was really important to, and I didn't know this at the time. So I only know this from doing it wrong and then doing it right. So I'm not just reciting something to you. I'm telling you from real world experience. Um, if you hop into a relationship when you're still trying to find out who you are, you, you automatically start to neglect your own shortcomings and, and wounds that maybe might have happened to your past and you bring them into that relationship and expect that other person to fulfill you. And then whenever they don't do that, then you think, well, maybe this next step, whether it's career or marriage or a kid or I'm going to move to a different city. And it's always this next thing you're trying to fill these wounds with as opposed to just stopping and taking a break. 
Um, it's not very romantic, but just allowing um, that pain to process and, and why does this hurt? And wh where's this loneliness coming from? Is there a, a root of identity that maybe I'm trying to fulfill instead of seeking out um, actual healing and wholeness uh, for this before I go in. And, and when you go into a relationship healed and whole, like truly looking like I can't wait to find somebody to do life with. I know what my story is. I know what my passions are. I'm looking for somebody to, to be a counterpart to these instead of the, my other half, like to make a whole. Um, I just, I just don't believe in that. I think your two holes need to come together to make a great team. And so um, just taking the time to, to really do that, knowing your own value before you come in. Uh, because if you don't know your value, you don't know uh, your worth and your passions and all of these things that you can add to the relationship, you're going to constantly be looking for that affirmation from somebody else and just setting that up for failure, really. Yeah, I, I was thinking about as you were saying that, that literally everywhere that you're looking <clears throat> is outward and not inward. And so yes. it's like all these outside things are the things that are going to fill this challenge that I have or this insecurity that I have or this wound that I have. But it's actually yes. that turning it, turning it around and, and looking in the mirror, the, the toughest job, the, the most difficult one, you'll try everything else, uh, to try to fix yourself except for that, uh, self-reflection to say, okay, what, what can I do yeah. to, to fix myself? And that article that you had talks about being an active character in your story instead of a passive character. And I think that that kind of really ties into it because I think so often people, become passive in their life. They float through every uh, different phase of things and they don't really cherish or pay attention to the moments, you know, the I, I generation where it's, you know, I have my, my earbuds in and I'm, I'm glued to my phone and I'm, I'm just kind of going from place to place. And if I have a second of, of time to actually think to myself, I would rather put a game in front of my face or, or put content yes. in front of my face as opposed to actually just sit there and reflect. And I'm partly speaking to myself here. This is, uh, sometimes this podcast becomes self therapy for myself. So I apologize. <laughs> I think that's, uh, it's so easy, right? Like those distractions are so close. Yes. They're closer than they've ever been before. And you have to be so intentional now to first and foremost, figure out who you are figure out what your strengths are, figure out what your purpose is, figure out what your passions are. And I know that we sound old fashioned for saying that uh, to somebody who's younger, but really, if you can do that, if you can dial into who you are and what you're most passionate about, that's going to help you leapfrog uh, in your success um, that much quicker. Oh, it's going to be huge. If you can be, if you can be younger and have that ability to take risk and all of that in the millennial generation and have that added value of self-awareness, which oh man is so easy to skip, not just for this generation, but just in general, your twenties is just a kind of figure yourself out time. You know, we have so many people skipping college because formalized education is starting to get a little, um, maybe a little less relevant than it was previously. And so they're skipping that, that fail safe zone where you get to go out and, and practice succeeding and failing in your social norms. And so if you take that time to really develop those things in yourself and you're uh, like a socially personally aware, um, and then you're also aware of your passions and all of these things, it, you're unstoppable. There's literally nothing that can hold you back. Absolutely. So you're a leadership coach. You talk a lot about influence. Yes. So I think we've teed it up perfectly. How do we figure out what we're passionate about? How do we dial into our purpose? Yeah. And so there, there's an exercise that I was taken through, gosh, probably seven years ago. And it started me on this whole entire journey. And, and, it, and I know I keep saying this. I hate to sound like um, a broken record, but it's so true. And it was taking me back past through my story. And so at the time I was 
successful. I worked in an oil and gas company. I was making very good money, but honestly, I was spending all of my money I was making in my off time to try and make myself happy. So it wasn't, it didn't matter that I was, you know, after bonuses, things like that, making almost six figures in my mid twenties, I was, I had two cars. I had a home. I was eating lavishly. I was, I had nothing in savings because I was so empty during the day that I was trying to fill that up. And so, um, at the time I was at a church and we went through this exercise and it was all about these past things. And so they had you write down like the top 50 notable events in your life. And I'm like 50, I, I could name maybe 10, but as you sit and brainstorm, even as it's like, okay, if you have a a memory from childhood, write it down or anything that stands out, a song that's important. So we went through this whole story timeline and then you go back through and say, okay, these are places that really hurt. These sucked. I'm going to mark this. And then these are places I felt really successful. And these are things that I, you know, bragged about to my peers and, and you identify all of these things and the way they help you break it down. You look and I'm like, why was it so important to me? And this is a real one for me that in fifth grade, I was really interested in music. And I had a teacher say, you're never going to be able to make any money at that. You're really good at English. You know, you should, you should do something with like writing or, or, or working for paper or something. Okay. And then in like seventh grade, I had somebody tell me, oh my gosh, you argue all the time. You should be a lawyer. And Evan, I took that all the way through my first year of law school and I was great at it. I was incredible at law school, but it was making me miserable. I hated who I was. And so you can be really good at something that doesn't energize you. And so knowing the difference, and this is a lot about leadership, is, is first self-leadership and then passing it on to others, obviously. A lot of it is knowing not just what you're good at, because a lot of what we're good at is what we practice. And if you start practicing something young because somebody killed your real passion and they told you what you were good at, then of course, I'm going to be like, wow, I, I started at this accounting firm. And I'm like, I'm a great accountant. I'm really good at this. I'm going to be, this is my career. And it was like, ugh, all of these things, law school, accounting, it was like, none of these are fulfilling me. What's happening here? And so as I'm going on this journey, I'm looking back at music and I'm looking back at acting and creative writing and all of these things that came out as creative. And I'm like, I've been in these business structures and succeeding in these business structures for so long. I'm not a creative, you know, but it's going back and looking like, okay, I've actually been operating on this mindset that this fifth grade teacher said a passing comment she didn't mean to crush my dreams, but we're young and we're, we're susceptible and we hold on to these things. And so forever, I just thought I'm not a creative. This is not. But as I tested things, I'm like, well, I'm also not an accountant and I'm also <laughs> not a lawyer. I'm also not. And I'm like, if I'm none of these things, then what? I ended up leaving um, my very lucrative day job to work at a church for a fifth of my salary. And I never noticed the pay decrease because I was so fulfilled during the day with what I was doing that I didn't need the money after work to make myself happy. I noticed wow. I wanted to live closer to my job. I wanted to hang out with um, my staff members after work. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm part of this healthy culture and something that energizes me. I don't need the money. And then I started to realize, you know what my currency is, is freedom of schedule. I don't need a lot of money. I need to be able to say what time I come in during the day. I wanna be able to work at night if I want and sleep in. And they gave me that freedom of schedule. I'm like, I don't miss a penny of the money. You couldn't pay me twice as much money to go back to where I was. I'm not interested. I don't, I don't want to make all the money for two weeks of off time, you know, like some people and some people do, some people love that environment. That was just not me. But had I listened to the people around me, I would have never known that I had to get to a spot where I was like, you know what? I can tell that, that my patterns are unhealthy right now. And that's coming from a, a sense of deep satisfaction. And so going back through my story and seeing the things that I naturally love to do as a child, those are not trivial. They really aren't, you know, they, they very much are ingrained in us and, and things that we can call back to. And even though we might not play in a sandbox for money these days, it might be a, an interest in architecture that that leads to. You realize you love to build things and you don't want people to knock down your house because that you made because you're building other things onto it. And so there's things we can read into from our past that really help develop um, your passions. And then, you know, 
you know, you can't influence people until you know you want what you want to influence them towards. Oh, absolutely. Um, I don't know if you've heard of Dave Jewett, but uh, he does your one degree. I had him on the podcast a couple episodes ago. And yes. uh, he kind of talks about these, I want to say they're called green notes or something like that, which basically mm -hmm. is the things that make you feel alive. And so essentially what you did was you kind of went through and you identified, you know, what are the things that I'm passionate about and what really give me energy? It makes me feel alive, like I'm accomplishing something. And those are the things he talks about to honing into your one degree, your what you were specifically created for. And so indirectly, you were able to find that and, and you may have other terms for it, but uh, it, it all kind of ties back into the same thing. Yes, you may be good at accounting. You may be good at arguing. I'm, I'm pretty good at arguing too, but I don't know that I could, <laughs> I could sit down and do what it takes to be a lawyer because there's just so much studying and reading to that, to which yes. I knew was not my strength. One of the words that I wrote down while you were talking was passion. I believe that yeah. what you're doing right now, you're passionate about. And when you are in truly in line with that, what you're talking about becomes real. And I think that a lot of people that are listening to this podcast are probably doing some of those jobs uh, that you're talking about to where yeah. they're making the money, they're doing the things that they think they're supposed to do. And what they're finding is, is that they still feel that emptiness inside us because they're not operating within the gifts that were that they were created for the, the talents that they have. And when you have that harmony with your passion and your talents, that's where you find fulfillment. That's where you find your purpose. Ultimately, having that passion and finding that purpose, it is real. And, and I've had, I've said this about a couple of people on the podcast and I, and I'm going to put you into that group is that I believe that there are people out there that are walking embodiments of if you do what you love, you've never worked a day in your life. And Oh, it's so true. And I think that that's something that a lot of people hear that and say, no way. And I've mm -hmm. talked to at least three or four people on this podcast in the short amount of time that I've been doing this, um, that I would venture to say, yes, that person is completely in tune and they love their life. They love, they, they realize what they are created for. And so ultimately all of that comes together with finding that complete you. And once you have that, you enjoy life more. You enjoy everything that you're doing more. That's exactly right. I, I love that. There actually is a theory. Have you heard of a multi-potentialite? I have not. This was a very, this was very freeing to me um, whenever I heard this. And so it's, I don't even know that there's research behind it. And I honestly don't care because it resonated <laughs> so true to me. I was like, this is truth. I'm going to own it. And it's, it's changed the way I look at everything. So there's a, a lady named Emily uh, Wapenick, I think is her last name. I honestly, it's got a lot of W's and K's, so I don't know how to pronounce it. Um, but she uh, has this theory that there are multi-potentialites and there are specialists and that you are pre-wired for one of these two paths. And so right now, all of our careers are directed towards specialists. You pick at 18 what you want to do and you study it in college, you get out, you have a job, you retire at 65, you're an accountant for your life, right? But, and some people are wired that way. I know, I know true people who love accounting, brain surgery. You need to pretty much be a, a, a pretty dedicated brain surgeon to do things like that. So there are careers and jobs and, and brain wirings that lean towards being a specialist. The other thing is called a multi-potentialite. And it's somebody, it's like I said earlier, whenever I'm all in for three months and then three months later, I'm like, oh, what's the new thing? What's the new thing? And it's not that we just haven't found what we want to do yet. It's that we're continually building up on these uh, practices that we have and honing in on kind of a specific entre entrepreneurial skill set that comes together. And so like, there was a lady who loved making jewelry. She loved travel. And she, there was one other thing. I can't remember what the heck it was, working with her hands or something, whatever it was. Um, and she ended up making this jewelry, this line of jewelry where um, 
if you go and travel the world, you can tell her the seven points you've been to and she'll make like a little mini piece of jewelry based on your travels and, and set it into this beautiful necklace or, you know, and so she's found this way. Is she a jewelry maker? Uh, is she a traveler? Uh, you know, it's like all of these things that don't seem to go together, but creating these digital niches now, once you find out kind of these things you want to do. And so it's always going to be molding and exploring and new. It's not this perpetual, gosh, what am I going to do when I grow up? But what you're going to do is you're going to create and you're going to grow and you're going to add value. And, and there's freedom in saying there's not a finish line, but it's a continual journey where I will continue to make money as I go. I love the risk taking. I love the new creating. I love leading other people and influencing. So, I mean, I'm just not going to find my specialist skill set because that's not how I'm wired. You know, that's very demotivating to me. Multi-potential. I, I've never yes. heard that before, but I, I do... Uh, I do really like kind of what you're saying with that because uh, I, I think the same people that would say I'm a multi-potentialite or maybe have been indirectly saying it say that I'm a jack of all trades but a master of none. And essentially yes, yes. They, they, they find success in different things but they haven't really specialized down because they enjoy doing all of them. That's right. And you know what? The Industrial Revolution told us you need to find your one thing where you're most valuable to society and stick to it. Put your head down, produce, produce, produce. That's your lot in life, you know, to be that thing. That's not where we are anymore. We're in a digital age. And so we're still producing these one career track specialists. And we've got a lot of people who are like, man, I just don't fit that mold from my hometown that I'm never going to leave. I now have the internet to see that there's something in France. I want to take piano lessons in France and I'll be dang if I'm not going to buy a plane ticket and go over there and do it, you know, because I can't. Yeah. That wasn't available to us 20 years ago. We couldn't look online and see that that was an option. So, um, yeah, check out the, the all, there's a lot of material out there on multi-potentialites and how to find purpose in that and um, direction. And it's, it's really, really great. It's, there's a lot of shame that's lifted when you don't hear that, that residual record in your head of, well, when are you going to settle down? When are you going to make a responsible decision? What do you want to do with your life? And it's this weight on our generation of like, man, what is my impact? And we think it has to be um, at some desk on a, on a corner and it, it just can look very different now. <laughs> yeah. One of the things that I, I wanted to talk about with you is the importance of knowing that you, uh, have value. Uh, and I think you kind of hit on that. There's a lot of value that you provide. You just got to hone in onto what it is. But as I was writing that, I was re I was realizing that in order to add value to something, you have to first realize that you have value. And I think that's exactly right. I think that that's where you really kind of tune into your purpose and, and tune into your passions. And I love all this stuff uh, that you're talking about. But you did kind of talk a little bit about flying to France, and so I do want to give you a, a, yeah. a real quick chance to, to to promote a little bit about kind of the future of what you're doing with your your vlog. So why don't you tell everybody about the exciting news that you just announced? Yeah, so um, it's really great because it's it's difficult for me as an achiever. I'm very type A, and so I like to know my end goal. And it's very difficult for me to come out and say, like, I don't know what this looks like in the end. But it's also really, really exciting to me because I love to network. Um, I love to meet new people and see new things and be the boss of myself, honestly. So I'm excited to go out and do it. I am leaving April 24th for a year of solo world travel. So I'm just taking one backpack, selling everything I've got to my name, and just going to see where it takes me. Right now, I have a one-way ticket to Israel, um, and I don't have a ticket out yet. So who knows? Maybe maybe I live in Israel <laughs> now if I can't find a way out. So honestly, the vlogs for me were a way to push my creativity. I, I want to document it. I know this is one of those things that um, I'm, I'm going to – I want – it's so romanticized travel. And so I, I a lot of my um, message is to do with authenticity. And, and so whenever I get out there 
um, and start vlogging. My, my plan is to do a daily vlog, but to show not just the fun, like, look, these are the cool things I saw, or the cool people I met. That's going to be a big part of it. But also like, man, I thought I was going to love this and I'm feeling really lonely right now. This is, this is how I connect spiritually in this area. Um, uh, this is going to sound silly, but one of my very favorite things to do is eat. And I've been very fortunate and <laughs> that I can say, oh, I, I'm really craving spaghetti. I'm going to go get spaghetti right now. Or, oh man, I want my mom's mashed potatoes. I'm going to go ha- removing that immediate feeling of that comfort is going to be a big deal for me. And it sounds so silly, but man, it is, it's real. Like food, my life revolves around food right now. I love, I'm somebody who pays for um, experience rather than things. So I don't have a lot of possessions, but I, I love, I'll spend, you know, 150 bucks on a meal for myself, but I'm like, I want to, I want a $10 shirt, you know, like (laughs) I have it a little bit backwards sometimes maybe, but so I want to document what it looks like to go out and experience and to live these things. And obviously the fun side, um, but also just, just the very real side of what it looks like to disrupt your sense of home and to step out of your comfort zone. And, And like I said, I don't know anything about editing or, I, I truly didn't even know how to create a YouTube account. Like it was that it was all in one day type of thing. You know, I got flagged for copyright violation the other day and I'm like, is that a thing? I don't, I can't use all the songs I want. So it's this <laughs> continual learning. Um, but for me, I really wanted to document it and I, I just default because I love to write. I default to writing. I'm so specific about the verbs and, and the adjectives I want to use um, that I, I just documenting via writing is just not efficient for me. So I'm like, you know what? I'll just do a quick video. Um, I'd rather document that way and then use writing as more of a creative outlet, if that makes sense. It makes perfect sense. And you don't have oh, to good. apologize about uh, loving food. I think that as as a human being representing the human race, I think that's absolutely normal for you to love food. Um, but I, I, was la- I was laughing earlier because so uh, I was in this thing where they were talking about like, so I do marketing. So you were studying like different buying groups and all that other stuff. And they, they got into the topic of millennials and how millennials are so experience based. And so you're like literally checking all the boxes of, of what a, a typical millennial is not in the, not in the negative sense, but just like some of the habits that they have, how passionate they are, how, yeah. how they like to get tied with causes. So, uh, I was like, wow, that guy was actually pretty spot on with his, uh, analysis of what a millennial is, but you know what? I don't think there's enough people, especially in the Gen X, if we're going to really start putting people in the groups and the in the older generation, that puts that value on experiences. They they believe, and and I I subscribe to this a little bit that if I create this this world, this safe world, and I provide for my family and I do these things, then that is success. And I think that everybody's interpretation is different. But I really like how there is becoming this movement of putting experiences first to living life to the fullest. And I think as you do this, as you go out there and, and travel the world and do those things, what you're going to find is that you will begin to know yourself even more than you do right now. And I'm excited for you because I think that as you kind of go on this journey, uh, that a whole new Amber that's probably been in there the entire time, mm-hmm. but you've never been able to tap into it is going to emerge. And so I'm, I'm really excited to see the progress uh, as you go out there and put yourself out there and, and just kind of rely on yourself and, and, and let the adventure take its course. Thanks. I am too. You know, I will say, um, just to encourage anybody who's looking at taking any big risks, when I first started talking about this about a year ago, uh, three fourths of the people said that's so irresponsible. Now's not the right time. What about this? And you're, you're leaving behind this and you know, all, all of these different reasons, cause it's never the right time. And as I started to own it and really realize it was going to be a real thing and kind of unapologetically talk about it instead of a, like, what do you guys think about this? 
all of the verb, I shouldn't say all, but the majority of the verbiage has turned to, this is so inspiring. I wish I could do that. And so there's something about really owning the risk you're going to take that is very encouraging, not only to yourself, but to the people around you, you know, and we'll, I, I knew I was doing this in the beginning, but whenever I was talking about it, I, I, I also knew that it was going to be seen as irresponsible. Like you're quitting your job you've been there four years. You love what you do. You cry because you're so happy with what you do, you know, but there's something next step that I can feel that is, that is unfulfilled that's out there for me. And so again, entrepreneurially, I'm excited just to take that step, see where this pushes me to, cause I'm not going to have an income. And I fully expect to feel the tension of that fairly quickly. Um, <laughs> and I'm hoping that gets my, you know, creative juices flowing and, and something is made out of it. But yeah, I would say just own the level of risk you're taking with confidence. And it will really, I think even start to change the circles you're in and the level of influence you have, um, as you gosh, just really lead the way to inspire other people to, to live, the, I mean, it sounds so cliche, but I'm so serious when I say to live your best life now. So many people are building that money so they can retire and travel, um, but nobody really wants to that much when they're 75, right? Retirement age is getting pushed back farther and farther. Like your knees barely work at 85. So why, why are you saving all your money for this? Not that, not that you should spend it all. You know, there's some wisdom in saving, but then you're going to pass it down to your kids and you want them to just save it for their kids and we're just all saving for somebody else. Like there's, there's got to be some left for trial and error for experience with the people you love, you know, just, man, just get out there and do it already. <laughs> I, think there's a, I think Nike has a slogan on that or something. Oh, I was so close to, to, um, I don't copywriting th- that too. Yeah, I don't Bummer. know if that's plagiarized. Well, one thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're going to get a copyright infringement. I'm known for that. Now, oh, so. <laughs> one, one thing, uh, one thing I heard recently that I really was thinking about as you were talking about that was you teach people how to treat you. And, oh, yeah. and, and I, and I love how you were basically saying like how, first of all, people thought that you were crazy for doing it, but when you owned it, oh, yeah. their, their tone changed. And it was because they saw in you the confidence and that you were going to do that. And it retrained them how to respond to you. That's exactly right. And, and it starts to retrain them how to respond to themselves. Evan, like, as they look, they look at me and they're like, she can't do that. She works at a church. She doesn't have a bunch of money saved up or she doesn't know anybody in Italy or she's solo and she's a single female. Oh my gosh, you're starting in Israel. You're going to die, you know, like, and looking and saying, Hey guys, actually Israel is one of the most safest nations in the country. Look it up, you know, and just starting to reframe these things, you know, Oh, are you sure you want to travel? Like what, what if you meet somebody or what if your, your grandparents are older? What if they start to get sick or, you know, like there's always a what if, and I'm so tired of waiting for something to happen to be able to start life. And so just starting that journey again, leaping out of that corporate career into to something that, again, people looked at and said, you're going to take a fifth of your salary. You're not going to have health insurance. You've got seven years as an accountant. Like you've already got seniority. This is so irresponsible. And then I'm telling you, as soon as I did it, they're like, that is so brave of you. How cool. What a good job. I wish I could. I'm like, what the heck, guys? Where were you guys Nothing earlier? Here. Yeah, <laughs> I really could have used this support as I was quitting my job, you know. So it, it's it's just really as you go out there and take those risks and and as you lead and and you guys know this as leaders, like when you you are taking the first step, that's what a leader does. And nobody nobody sees your vision in the beginning. That's what makes you a visionary leader is you go out and you do it. And so you've got to be okay with people not supporting it in the beginning. And you have the people around you who are saying this is too big of a risk and, and the people who are wise that you listen to if they say no. But I mean, man, for the most part, 99.9% of the voices you say, you know what, you're going to agree with me here soon. So it's okay if you don't like it now. 
it's okay. That's awesome. Well, Amber, prove them wrong. I'm right. going to. You watch it. <laughs> get it. Get out there and show them how awesome it can be and, and continue to inspire. I, I want to thank you for taking the time to speak with me, to share with our listeners your story and your passions and, and kind of what helped you get kind of to this point of really the next step uh, in, in your story. So if you don't mind, quickly tell everybody how can they connect with you? How can they uh, find the vlog and uh, kind of keep yeah. up with your story? Because I'm sure there's a lot of people intrigued to kind of see what you're up to over the next couple of months. Sure, sure. So I um, finally reached 100 subscribers on YouTube where I could get my own channel name, which has been a game changer. Um, so it's youtube.com backslash. Oh, hey, it's me, Amber. Uh -huh. um, and then also on Facebook under Amber Day. That's I'm super active on Facebook. I really love to connect on there and um, help people. Gosh, I just I really love Facebook. It's my favorite platform. Um, I am on Instagram and Twitter and everything else. And I don't use any of them. So just don't even try. <laughs> Just own who you are. I suck at Instagram. I suck at Pinterest. I'm never, I have too many words for Twitter. It's just not going to work out. Yeah, I could see how you and Twitter would have a very, uh, very difficult relationship. <laughs> that's, ex that's exactly right. I'd be one of those people that has like 68, you know, a 68 part thought. Yeah. You know, tweet, tweet one of 68. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you for hopping on. And uh, we're going to be cheering for you. I'll, uh, I'll share all those links into the um, into the show notes. And uh, we'll be able to basically watch your story as it develops. So, Amber, thank you for joining us. Absolutely, Evan. Thanks for having me. Young businessmen, thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. And if you'd like to learn more about the young businessmen of Tulsa, check out our website at www.ybtok.com or email us at ybtoklahoma at gmail.com. If you live in the Tulsa area and would like to hear one of our great speakers live at our monthly luncheon, we meet on the second Monday of every month from 12 to 1 p.m. Like us on Facebook for details about locations and upcoming speakers. Lastly, if you like what you hear, please leave us a review on iTunes and share us with your friends. Thank you for tuning in to the Young Businessmen of Tulsa podcast, where we connect, develop, and inspire young businessmen to find and pursue their purpose.